This is Women in STEM Career and Confidence, the podcast for scientific and professional women who want to restore confidence, make meaningful impact, and balance the things and people that mean most to them. I'm Dr. Hannah Roberts, and I'll be sharing with you insights and inspiration into the mindset and skill set to help you navigate your career and lead powerfully. In today's episode, I interview one of my clients, Dr. Anna Beal, a postdoctoral researcher at Paul Scher Institute PSI in Switzerland. We talk about her career pathway and what led her to embark on the Career Design Mastermind program, how she regained confidence after a series of career setbacks to go from powerless to having a voice and agency. And Emma also gives the advice to find mentors who really believe in you because they can be instrumental in acting as sponsors to support your career. I can't wait for you to meet Emma. She's such an inspiration. So let's dig in. Hi, Emma. Welcome to Women in STEM Career and Confidence. Hi. Hi. Um, I would love it if you could kick us off by just telling us a little bit about who you are and whereabouts in the world you're joining from. I'm Emma. Hi. I am currently living and working in Switzerland as a postdoc at the Paul Scherer Institute. And I'm originally from New Zealand, but I've spent a long time elsewhere. So the where are you from becomes a bit harder (laughs) as time goes by. Um, But I have uh, two children, two young children here. And um, yeah, that's kind of me. (laughs) Thanks. I can explain a bit more about um, what I do, though, if you like. Yeah, I would love to know a little bit more about your career pathway. So first of all, how did you get into science in the first place, all the way up to where you're at today and the decisions that you made on that pathway? Yeah, um, so at school, I I was really interested in biology. I had a great teacher and um oh just loved it and I actually ended up doing like a bunch of extracurricular stuff around around that and oh, that led me super geek like me <laughs> oh big time yeah and I said I I, I I set up like science tutoring at lunchtime that that was that it was that good um <clears throat> but I I decided to do a degree in biochemistry at the University of Otago in New Zealand and yeah, that, I mean, that was great fun. And I actually was originally going to do genetics, but then the genetics lectures in the second year were apparently not as interesting. So I, I went on with biochemistry because that's what I was enjoying. Um, and I'm glad I did because it was, yeah, a really broad degree and and opened a lot of pathways. So then I, from there, did an honours year, which is sort of like a short master's. And actually at that point, wasn't sure about doing any further study, but was pretty set on the idea of staying in academia and um, actually worked as a research technician for a year in the lab that I'd done some research at during my undergrad. Um, That was great because it was sort of all the fun (laughs) science in the lab without the pressure of exams. (laughs) But it also made me realize how much I love doing practical research and um, and that I wanted to do a PhD. Uh, but at that point, I was sort of thinking I'd stay and do a PhD in New Zealand. But my supervisor um, 
Professor Kurt Krauss uh, was, he's uh, from America and sort of said, Auckland is not a big city. You want to go to like a really big, really good university and gave me a really good push as someone that had done really well just in my studies generally. He said, you can do, you can do better than this. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and, and I really, um, I think that's a bit of a theme in my life. Just what getting a, a not so gentle nudge. <laughs> yeah. And, and people having to kind of be like, but you could do better than that. Um, <clears throat> as in you're capable of more. Um, and, and that was sort of backed up by another like senior um, lecturer in the department. And I actually applied for, I, I actually applied for about seven different scholarships to go and do a PhD overseas. And it kind of, it, it all married up um, through like getting a scholarship with the Wellcome Trust in the UK to do a PhD with my PhD supervisor, Professor Nicole Zitzman at the University of Oxford in the UK. And it wasn't a straight path there. <laughs> I I applied for and got to the final interview of the Rhodes Scholarship. Um, and it was like a reality TV show in the last interview of that, where you're actually literally all of you are standing in the room and they say who gets it. And I've oh, no. and like, whew, that was probably one of the hardest, like, that's you tough. did not. That's yeah, like it was tough. in front of the room. <laughs> yeah, that was probably one of the toughest things I've had to like, fail on is probably the wrong word but like not get and then just be like okay now I have to deal with this in front of people um, and be happy and like funnily enough one of the other guys that got it is one of my really good friends then and still um <clears throat> but that kind of also as as difficult as that was that really solidified that I wanted to go and I wanted to do this research project with Nicole um and that that really like push me with the other applications that I had put in and and I got there in the end <laughs> and that was doing like Skype interviews from Canada at the time because I was doing a ski season in Canada <laughs> <laughs> and this was sort of before before doing online or phone interviews was particularly great but there we go I did it <laughs> so through broken uh internet yeah. connection you managed exactly to all that yeah that trip over to um for the UK and the PhD yeah um and then so the PhD was not like massively straightforward um I uh, I yeah I, the project that I started on was really challenging but more than that about two years into it there was a publication that came out that um basically made what I was doing redundant we basically got scooped but it was just it was unexpected from a, a an unknown competing group and that kind of yeah that was a massive reset um and I picked up a new project and basically did all the research that went into my PhD in like I don't know 18 months oh, wow. <laughs> and then and then wrote it up in three months like very like planned and organized to achieve this because I knew I had to and I knew I wanted to but it was probably the hardest I've worked ever um and it was just lucky that my partner also and now husband also happened to be a PhD student and we lived together so otherwise I'd not think I would have seen him <laughs> did you meet at that time is that and we met at that time yeah we met at that time and so that all like 
yeah, that all came together at the same time as as finishing and culminating with a PhD, which still didn't go quite as straightforwardly. I got scooped again towards the end of having changed projects when I was still able to publish like what I'd done, but it was just like, yeah, it was just kind of the, I got exposed to like the kind of brutal side of academic research, I think. I think you'd already been exposed to the brutal side of being (laughs) people. Um, (laughs) And they'd be like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it, it not being you that they called out and then all the scooping and having to sort of start again with a PhD with 18 months to go I mean the big challenges but it also also indicates to me that perhaps you were working at really the forefront of that research you know if there was scooping going on clearly it was a topical area that was moving quickly yes and was and a big yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was. And that's what I wanted to do as well. And what was part of moving to a top research institution and like what that drew, like why that drew me is because you get to work on these really, yeah, amazing projects. But yeah, there's huge risk involved. I think particularly in the area of science that I'm in, which is called structural biology. A lot of the time it's kind of, you either get the result or you don't. And if someone else gets the result, it's quite challenging for you to <laughs> publish the 90% of the way there that you've got. Not impossible, but just that's the nature of the area of science. And so as a result, kind of coming out of my PhD, I was pretty, yeah, beaten, <laughs> pretty low. Um, lost a lot of confidence, I think. It, like, And only kind of now through coaching with you have I kind of recognized how much of that stemmed from those experiences but it also like but that experience also shaped obviously what I did next um which was to move away from like yeah these really cutting edge like all or nothing projects and um into something that's innately more collaborative and that's like an area called like and methods development which is a very broad way of doing it but basically I moved instead of doing like the biology and the lab research I was more interested in like the infrastructure developing the infrastructure and the instrumentation that you need to even do these experiments so it used a lot of the background that I have but it was much more um, engineering and um, technology technology based so I got to learn a lot of new stuff. Um, but yeah, I think the key thing was that it was more collaborative. Just you have to, if you're if you're making new instruments, you have to tell people about them and <laughs> people have to help you and want to use them. It's very multidisciplinary. So it's a massive team just by nature. So I kind of was protecting myself a little bit by going in that direction, but also moving towards what I, the kind of style of working that I like as well like I wanted to be in a more open area because it yeah this makes more sense to me as a person (laughs) yeah so I get the element of wanting to defend and protect yourself um from the challenges that you'd had in the past but also we know that that collaborative team environment is something that's important to you in order to feel happy and fulfilled it's one of your career values if Mm. I remember correctly yeah absolutely um yeah, absolutely. Yeah, collaborate collaboration and just yeah, openness and yeah, teamwork for sure is massive for me because yeah, I I mean generally, but just yeah, I think particularly so because of my experiences 
Yeah. And you mentioned there that your confidence had, you know, when you were a bit broken because you worked so hard so quickly in that PhD and then you'd lost some confidence, then made this transition into a slightly different kind of area as well, more collaborative. So what really was going on for you on the lead up to starting coaching? How did you get to the point of going, actually, I quite like some support around around this? Yeah, um, so I kind of, I've, I've stayed in this area of research for two postdocs now. But, um, and so I, and I started coaching partway through the second one. And a huge part of that was because, um, as I mentioned, like my husband and I met while we were doing our PhDs and um, we moved to Switzerland from the UK um, for a position that he'd he'd got at the institute that we now work at here. Um, and so <laughs> it was kind of just like a combination of like a lot of change where quite a lot of the parameters were outside of my control. And I kind of, I had to, yeah, I had to kind of fit in um, to, oh, yeah, a position that's not necessarily wanted where I wanted to go, but because I was constrained by like geography and um, timing, it, it had to be a certain way. So I kind of got into a position where I suddenly realized I wasn't exactly loving what I was doing, um, but even more so that I wasn't sure that I wanted to keep going where I was headed um, and this was all tangled up with <clears throat> having yeah obviously having moved country to where a country where I didn't know the language having a second baby and COVID and so there was just a lot like especially looking back in hindsight I'm like wow that was a lot of life things to deal with and so that all culminated with being like I need to and want to do something more intentional about this yes and I often find that those decisions in the in your career can coincide with a lot of life events. If people are able to or choose to have babies, then it is at that pivotal moment in your career and it all kind of coalesces into this big, I don't want to say mess, but it can get quite messy around that time. And there's this real... For me, when I was pregnant, there was this real drive to cling on to some kind of stability because everything else was changing. I was changing. My identity was changing. So having this stability in the career, I was like, that would be really nice. But as a postdoc on a 12-month contract, <laughs> that's not, not it. <laughs> so there's another yeah. element of that, um, I guess, clinging to yeah. specific um, pathways. Yeah in order to find some kind of solid ground yeah and that's exactly that's so funny you're saying clinging because I'm just like that's exactly what I look at it now is sort of was like I felt like I've for the past however many years yeah amongst moving and amongst having young children I feel like I've just been clinging on to my career just being like I want a career and I want to use all this hard work that I've done in my in my life my whole life you know your schooling your degree your PhD I I want to use that and so you're just clinging on <laughs> to some kind of structure and yeah I think um oh, I mean I'm really proud of what I have held on to but at the same time I now look at it and I'm like this is not I'm kind of like coming up for air now I feel and it's just like ah oh, okay I have 
I have the space and time to take more control of this and to put some time into it Mm. (laughs) and Mm. actually make a choice instead of just yeah holding on and being more intentional around your career that really is the kind of the premise of the career design mastermind which is the group program that you joined and it is a journey not just around being intentional trying to create career fulfillment but it is also one of um an emotional journey as well because for me careers are not all about okay let's now write a new cv cover letter how do we apply for jobs i mean there's practical elements to it but it's all underpinned by being able to find balance and regain confidence in yourself to have that as a foundational platform to then explore what's truly going to make me happy and fulfilled. Because otherwise, I feel that decisions come very much from fear. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. that clinging on with maternity leaves and that kind of thing is a fear-based response to a, a lot of change and a lot of situations. So I wondered in that holistic view of who you are as a whole person in the career design mastermind what you actually found most helpful in terms of the tools or the insights that you gained I think um where I gained most was all the exercises and work that yeah helped me look at uh, at at my confidence and how much yeah on a personal level rather than on like a skill-based level or whatever like on a very personal level what was holding me back or what my fears were or um and how that differed to where I wanted to be and I think so yeah I think the the, the tools that I found most helpful were those exercises where you had to be very reflective about and very I don't know probably yeah, critical is the wrong word because it sounds too negative, but be really like, really look at yourself and go, what's going on here? And what's, what's, yeah, what's holding me back? And yeah, recognizing that, like you say, a lot of it is fear-based. Like, I don't want to give up. I don't want to let go of all this hard work that I've done rather than having the confidence now, having done a lot of this work, continuous process, but like having done a lot of this work and just being like, oh, I had lost so much confidence but now doing all this reflection, I'm like, I'm really awesome. <laughs> I've achieved a lot and I can go on to continue doing that. And coming from that place, instead of being like, I've got to hold on, it's more, I can use everything that I've learned either to keep doing what I'm doing or to apply to something else. And that's great. And I think before I was just like, oh, but you you haven't got your academic career, so you failed. Mm. <laughs> and that was actually a really, I I didn't, I wasn't as conscious of that belief as I as I thought I was. So I think, yeah, all the all the work under picking yourself apart a bit and like figuring out your underlying fears and your uh and and working on building confidence again have been the most impactful for me. And it makes me so happy for you to sit there and say, I I know I'm awesome and <laughs> I'm capable and I can, you know, apply this to this pathway or this pathway and not feel like a failure in the process. And it just brings me so much happiness 
to see you in that state because I remember our first group coaching call and just Emma was the first to cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a hot mess, I think is the best way to describe that. Oh, yeah, I was just in bits. I think that was just, oh, I think I just felt so helpless. Yeah, it was, I'm going to try not to get upset about it now. Huh. But it's just, yeah, I think, but I think like in that helplessness was not realizing how much, yeah, just my, yeah, lack of confidence was the root of so much stuff. And then it was just kind of figuring out, ah, what's, what are all the like little things that have eroded this over time mm. and how to let go of a lot of them or how to work through a lot of them has been, yeah, key. <laughs> yes. A process of, as I like to describe it, um, kind of looking at yourself in a mirror and being able to reflect and see what it is that's actually going on as opposed to hiding the mirror and running away from the mirror. Yeah. It yeah. is quite challenging to hold up the mirror to some of what you're seeing and some of the actions, behaviors, decisions, but actually once you have done and you've got to the depths of them, being able to come back up is much less painful than the going down. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, yeah, it's also knowing that I can, oh, it's not like you can ever prevent like bad things from happening more, but I'm I'm much more aware of, yeah, like you say, mate, when I'm making decisions or doing things, I'm like, am I, is this coming from a place of, is this coming from a place of fear or is it actually what I want kind of thing? And it's, it's even just on a very surface level, being able to question yourself because you're aware of those things having such a big impact on your life decisions. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, with International Women's Day, we're recording this the day before, aren't we? So with that coming up tomorrow, I think it's important to acknowledge that some of this stuff is our own stuff. You know, it's things, patterns from early childhood, it's experiences we've had throughout our lives. But some of it is also the structural and the societal barriers that are around us as well. You know, for when we're talking about the context of having to move to another country for a partner's um, work because um, you're in the process of looking after children or having children. So, you know, that societal issue there the childcare issues, all the kind of stuff. So there are some blocks that are societal-based, structural-based, policy-based, environmental-based, and there's some stuff that is our own as well mm. to be dealt with. Yeah. Um, but there's conditioning from all of these different places as well. So um, we kind of look at each layer in turn in the career design mastermind to unpick what's ours, what's societal, and what we can actually do about it and do differently. Um, and you said there that now you're more conscious about making choices. Is there, and, and where that's coming from, is it coming from a empowered place or is it coming from a disempowered, fear-based, frantic, clinging, decision-making process? Um, is there anything else that you took from the career design mastermind practically in terms of the tools when it comes to finding fulfillment? I'm, I'm much more, yeah, I think I'm much more in tune with, the idea of um like my natural talents and natural skills and um I just hadn't taken the time to kind of 
I, like I know I know when I'm I'm things are easy and when they're going well but I'd never kind of sat back and gone oh that's because it's just a natural talent or or like what you can describe as a natural talent and that by using those work is easy and work is fun and you're naturally good at it <laughs> All right. and I, yeah <laughs> and and then that feeds back um so I think yeah that that's kind of been a really useful thing going forward and being like ah okay anything I do should really maximize on those um and that is a internal feedback loop as well which also improves confidence Mm. it's you telling yourself oh I'm good at this and I've added value today and I know that that's a natural talent for me and I internally feel good it's like pouring your own cup of um you know self-worth in a way as opposed to having to wait and seek and please and prove to other people that this was a value in some way and waiting for them to reassure you that yes, you added value. And um, so I think it also, also helps with confidence that one. Mm. And that's, yeah, I think, um, I think that's another thing you sort of touched on there. Like, I think I used to wait a lot of the time for recognition, whereas now I'm much more conscious of <laughs> just being able to say like, ah, oh, look, I did this thing. And it's really great and it's because I worked hard on it and um instead of yeah just waiting for people to recognize what you've done yeah and that, that maybe that comes back more to the those disempowered states and being like why haven't they seen this why can't they see me instead of being like here I did this thing <laughs> it's a different it's a different place to come from so I think yeah hmm Mm, natural talent more calm being more confident yeah being your own advocate Mm. definitely I hear that in the way that you were just speaking then oh I can actually tell them and I can advocate for myself instead of just waiting and waiting and waiting for somebody to to fill my my cup up um I want to before I ask you the last two questions before we finish I want to make sure that I have accurately represented your time in the career design mastermind so is there and you there may not be anything but is there anything else that you really wanted to say about it that I haven't asked you about yet yeah yes I think um the only other area that I think and I'm still working on this which is probably why it's like it doesn't fit into like how has this helped you so far it's sort of something that I'm working on still is all the um the section on kind of connecting the dots and how um so there's there's areas of that that I've talked on but I'm still in the process of basically putting all the aspects of the program together to really figure out the pathway forward like what sector that's going to be in whether that's going to be in the same area that I've always worked in or another and so I think yeah how you pull it all together and how that's organized is really um really well structured in a way that it's like it just provides that pathway that I was just trying to (laughs) make for myself but could not it was just too big and I think it yeah that that section is something that really helps it all come helps all this thinking this independent thinking come together into an actual plan yes and I know I often badge the creators I mastermind as a six-month thing by the end of the six months you'll have figured out what's next and make it happen And that is what it's designed to do. But as people arrive, I always say there may be sections here that you want to spend more time. 
if your confidence is really low, you might spend six months focusing on that and really unpeeling all the layers to be able to take the next step. If people are really in that superwoman mode, just getting back to equilibrium, getting back to balance, to be able to figure out next steps is important because if you, um, your your mind or your protect controller parts, I've talked about this in other podcasts, may prevent you from even finding that information within yourself for fear that you're actually going to go further into deficit in order to make it happen. So sometimes these other foundational layers need a little bit more time and solidity before being able to pull it all together in that very last section of fulfillment. So I always kind of say to people, I'm not concerned if it takes more than six months, as long as you keep going and find the time to complete the journey. Um, Mm -hmm. But sometimes different layers need different lengths of time to, to focus on. Yeah, absolutely. And to not make yourself another failure for not doing it within six months. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Don't and need I think to do I, that either. Yeah. I think the fact that the content is accessible always is just been super helpful because like you say, and there's time, it's also stuff that I already, already completed that I've gone back to yeah. because like you say, a lot of the time your perspective changes, your position changes so that you, you have a different the parameters going into any of these exercises are different and it's yeah it's helpful for growth always <laughs> so yeah I think so too often I repeat things that I've done before and I'm stood in a completely different space so I hear something different each time that I listen or or do an exercise in personal development good so I want to ask you two more questions before we finish the first one is if you could go back to a moment in the timeline of your life and whisper a piece of advice in your ear, which moment would you go back to and what would you say to yourself with all the wisdom that you have now? <laughs> oh, I think I think I'd like I'd at, at, at this point in my life, I'd go back to when we were about to move here and I was trying to figure it all out. And I would just say, keep finding people that believe in you and that want to invest in you because you you will need that support through these times of change and challenge. So I think like that's that's what's, and like the people that have believed and invested in me are the people that have been most instrumental to kind of navigating me through or at least, yeah, as my confidence was like low, as it's sort of been growing, it's kind of they they at least stick by you and and don't cross you off as <laughs> lazy or indifferent. It's just you don't you don't have the the voice or the confidence to be where you want to be yet. Mm. So I think that's a big one. I love but also that. Yeah, yeah, but also to just don't wait for recognition. That's the other one. Be proud of what you've done and just tell people. <laughs> <laughs> And accept credit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Accept credit. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's really beautiful. Um, lots of advice all wrapped up in a nice bow there. But the one that uh, really deeply resonates for me too is that having people in your life that believe in you more, like they, they believe in you fully until you can believe in yourself in the same way as they do. Mm. Yeah, it's really instrumental. 
I love that. Um, and my last question for you today, Emma, is if someone was just to embark on starting coaching with me, say in the career design mastermind or or coaching, what would you say to them? What would be your advice to someone just getting started in the coaching? Go for it. <laughs> you, I think the main thing is you get out what you put in. I think if you do the work and give yourself and make time, give yourself space and really make the time um, to think deeply, you'll just get so much out of it. Um, and and also, so that, like really just go for it. <laughs> and the other thing would just, just to be open to where it might lead you. <laughs> and And yeah, that's that's what I'd go for I love it some beautiful advice there thank you Emma and thank you so much for being on the podcast today um I have loved being with you again and I hope you have a great rest of your day too yeah it's been really fun to to catch up again and to talk with you so thanks thanks Emma thank you for listening to women in stem career and confidence to get further support in your journey Join me in Breakthrough Unleashed on Facebook.